Oh shit, ladies and gentlemen, how you doing out there? This is Intergalactic Interviews, and this is episode 137. How you doing, folks? Are you having a good week? I'm having a tremendous week dealing with computers. God damn, I could throw some of them. I don't want to specify which ones, but some of them I could toss in a magnet bath. It would be a beautiful thing. He said that last week. Guess what? Nothing's changed at all. Like it's, it's gotten still, worse, I think. It's pretty bad. <laughs> yeah. Decreased in, in anxiety. Yeah. Rising every time we think about it. But hey, let's not let's not let's not get hung up on <laughs> on terrible technological situations. Let's just be thankful for the situation that we have in front of us. Our man Ev Ock recently dubbed. Uh, I, I think before I introduce our amazing guest, you which, just you actually just did. That was it. You spoiled it. All right. Yeah. Well, that's all the time we have this week, folks. <laughs> Uh, no, seriously though, our guest this week uh, is amazing. Uh, he's uh, he's definitely uh, a well-traveled fella. He's talented, uh, and he is the founding one of the founding members of the Isotopes. Ladies and gentlemen, please give it up for Evan October. What? How you doing? How you doing, sir? I'm doing great, man. It's uh, nice to have to be here. Thanks for having me. I just want to go ahead and throw you uh, a massive amount of gratitude for your patience waiting for this show to start. I'm a patient guy. Are you? Yeah, I'm. I'm patient. By birth. By birth and by practice. That's good. I think uh, I'm going to push this towards you. Just check, check. Hey, check. I should Juan mention Guzman. Hey. Oh yeah, look at this. That's guy. my check. Oh yeah, like that? <laughs> Juan Guzman. That was yeah. nice. <laughs> nice. I I should mention to people that are listening at home, if you're listening to this or you're watching this on YouTube maybe or Facebook or whatever, uh, I just wanted you all to know that we've been having so many issues that we just decided to do a workaround for this. So if the audio sounds muffed this week compared to all the other weeks, I'm... You might have your work cut out for you this week, man. Yeah. This is going to be uh, put in you, some hours uh, work week. Guess who gets <laughs> to edit this, boys and girls? That's okay. Uh yeah, so just want to put a disclaimer out for that. Um, hey, how about I tell you about an amazing offer that's available to you <laughs> and our listeners? Please, yeah, please. I'm excited. What a what a setup. What a pitch. Let's I like hear that. the offer. Uh, folks, right now, you might be near a handheld computer that's called a phone. It's in your pocket. Pick it up. Open up your browser. Go ahead and check out floathouse.ca. What's that website? Floathouse.ca. What can you do there? Well, simply, they are the premier isolation tank experience in the mainland what mainland the lower mainland greater vancouver greater vancouver Western it's gotta Canada. be even larger than that like the states has gotta be uh, yeah they, overtaken by these guys they they definitely are i don't know if i should mention that they i'm have, just saying they're probably better they, than the ones in seattle even they are advancing into washington state mm. in the southern colonies <laughs> they're not colonies anymore they haven't been for a while but bottom uh, line is you cannot get a float this good North of the 49 anywhere. Yes. Man. <laughs> that's, probably, that's actually probably true. Evan, I want everyone to notice that there is no paper in front of Evan October. He is just, he, he's a knowledgeable guy. He I knows. can go scriptless. I've got a lot of experience with floating specifically. So you can ask me anything about floating and that's, I'll have an answer. That's for what they quick. call him in the street. They call him Evan off book. No October. Paper. No paper. That's right. right. No paper. Look at that. Thank you very much. See, look at that. They, they go right for it. Um, float house is amazing though. It's pretty cool. If you want to use our podcast promo code, you can get 20% off your next float. I'll tell you that podcast promo code in a second. But first, I should let you know, maybe you're wondering, what is a float? A float is an amazing, tranquil experience that allows you to unlock the mysteries of your mind. Or you could just relax and chill in the darkness and, and just experience nothingness and kind of reset. It's beautiful. I love it. It's one of the most amazing things you can do with 90 minutes. It's pretty cool. It totally is like a spa for your mind. It's exactly the best way to describe it. Have you ever floated before? Uh, I haven't floated. No, and and I guess to get this clear, it's a it's a salt it's a salt bath. That's right. So you are Epsom. You're, you're you know yeah Epsom okay yeah so. massive amounts like hundreds and hundreds of pounds of salt. Okay, and so you you float on like the the top layer of the water, but like you're in it too because of just you know gravity. But it's buoyancy. Beautiful. Buoyancy. You love it. Yeah. You've never done it. I haven't done it. No, I'd like to try though. Interesting. I brought my trunks. I'm actually wearing them. Are you? Th- yeah. Those are those are your trunks. <laughs> yeah, swim trunks. Those are pretty amazing. Float trunks. Can we get a, a quick vid on those shorts, real quick? See, why I'm doing extra camera work. Oh, that's <laughs> nice. Those are high riders. Yeah. Well, there's <laughs> only there's only one way to feel comfortable. You know, when you're taking a dip or a float. That's right. That's right. You, wait. Are I you like to be them? unencumbered. Oh yeah. You do them naked. Did you know that? I didn't know that. That's how you do them. I think I may have ruined your fashion choice then. Well, no, it's fine. I mean, you need to wear something to the float place and, and away from <laughs> it. 
I, I don't want to, yeah, you know what? I don't want to ruin your day. So I think I think. <laughs> Do you think anyone floats good. in the clothes they come in? Like they come in float clothes, they get in. No, you if, couldn't do that. You'd be in, you don't you'd think be in so? trouble. If you'd be in trouble as a Not clothes allowed. owner. Okay. As a clothes, uh, like, as a, as a purveyor of clothes, you'd be in trouble. Because, like, think about when you get, uh, I don't know, have you ever been in a winter climate and you have, like, a salt line on, like, your pants or something because you walk through the snow or something like that? It's like that, but, like, and that's, like, the that's like a couple, you know, handfuls of salt. Imagine, you still like, take a shower after. Yeah, but on your clothes? jeans and your clothes, I don't I'm know. I'm not you saying jeans. I'm saying like in shorts. Bottom line being, <laughs> if you want to try Float House, I would recommend – this is the best ad this week, by the way. If you want to try Float House, I would recommend using our podcast promo code IIPODCAST. That's lowercase i, lowercase i, podcast, and that will get you 20% off your next float. What does that sound like, Evan? Sounds like a deal and a half to me. Fuck yeah. And you know what? I've this been paying full price for all my floats. I can't believe I haven't used that <laughs> promo code yet. That, that's because you're a team player. And I, I can tell it from many, many angles that you're a team player, and I appreciate that about you. But uh, before we go any farther, uh, this week we actually also have a special sponsor, and uh, it's because we're sponsoring them. Oh, yeah. Isn't that how this works out? So let's go to that message right now. Oh, shit. Now we're back. God it- damn, that sounds like a good time to me. <laughs> yeah. It is amazing. I hope, I hope that, that you're not able to cut and we just have to use yeah, we, whatever yeah. this is. And I was like, what the yeah, fuck is that? Uh, Evan October, let's talk about this real quick. Uh, you're in a band called The Isotopes, and they have the raddest theme ever. You guys do baseball-themed songs. Interesting. And, which is like... I think on paper, I'm like, okay, what the fuck? But then after listening to the records for the last like, couple of years, I'm like, yeah, this works. This works on every level. I like that the market is like so open. Like you guys, how many people like sports? How many people like baseball? How many people listen to punk music? How many people do both those things and, and are like active participants in the music scene? Like quite a few people. That's a huge market. You guys do well for yourselves. Uh, yeah, well, there's two. Yeah, I think it's going great. Um, there's two kind of ways that you can think about it. And some people say, how do you guys think you can survive based on that you're pigeonholing yourselves mm. to that degree? And then the other way to think about it, which is the way I do, is that it, it totally uh, sets us apart in a genre that is full of full of very basic uh, bands, musically ourselves included. You know, it's a way to get people to notice you or like you for something Definitely. original. Let's You and I right now. <clears throat> in an exercise right now you and i let's develop a generic punk band right now okay a backstory the, the opposite of the isotopes basically okay let's do this okay uh we met in high school okay yeah yeah <laughs> that, that's that's always an excellent cornerstone yeah i noticed uh i noticed uh your your hairdo immediately and i thought no there's a guy i can probably identify with and get along with that's right i asked him what his favorite record was and he told me well, it's uh, Energy by Operation Ivy. Oh, shit. I immediately resonated with that and began scouring music listings for a third. Well, yeah, and it just so happened that a guy that my brother knew from, <laughs> from, his, from his other school just bought a drum set. So we... That's handy. That's, <laughs> that's really handy. That's exactly it. And then after we did our first garage show... Because it was definitely like it was a it was a bringer. It was just your mom and dad and your sister there, but but That's it was right. technically it was a show. And we used the towels from the clothesline as a backdrop. Yep, we did, and blankets that night. Yeah, and then and then we submitted to dyingscene.com, and now we're rock stars. Yeah, well, I mean that can happen, right? It happen can happen to anybody. <laughs> that can happen to anyone. That's a, that's the Canadian dream. That's right. Evan October. I don't know if you know that. But see what we just did there. Uh, that is like so generic. We could easily do that. Well, yeah, and I mean, like, and music-wise, right? Like, it's it's there's so many bands, and we're living in a time when you can access music uh, in so many ways. Yeah, basically, the internet, uh, even the playing field for bands at a time right when we were starting, mm-hmm. uh, 2004 or so, MySpace happened. And all of a sudden, you could listen to to local bands anywhere, yeah. which was a thing that you couldn't do before unless you were like tuned into the underground scene yeah. with you know cassette trading and like all these things, tape right? trading. Yeah, look at this guy with his tape trading. That's okay. right. So, so I mean, I said like, why don't we try to do something that you know we could stand out mm-hmm. doing? Why don't we try to do something that we could be the best at? And and for me, I baseball was always my number one passion and my number one kind of interest. And what I knew the most about, you know, and so they say, write what you know. And I said, OK, I'll, I, I, you know, I'll write what I know. That that seems like a good idea to me because I didn't want to go and 
try to compete as a band that just wrote about you know girls or politics or whatever i was i was 20 years old and i didn't <laughs> Those have... are way better yeah like, i totally like honestly just the appeal even the way you're telling me right now is way more appealing to me as a listener like just as a music lover i'm like i i've always been big into like theme theme records i love long arc plot story kind of records i love uh uh, consistency probably more than anything like really really buying into it is like the like the most important thing for me as a listener because like how the fuck am I supposed to buy into it well exactly and, and something I strongly believe is that no matter what genre of music you're playing no matter what you're doing as an artist uh, in any medium you are in the entertainment <clears throat> business essentially yes. and you have to give people something to take home with them something to sink their teeth into and something yes. to remember you by right so that's the way I come at it and and you know if you can yeah. do that in a genuine way, people are going to gravitate toward it. Yeah. People often forget that that's like the number one rule in this game. That's the number one rule. Is like, is it entertaining? Yeah. Is it I mean, fun? you're asking people to stand there and, yeah. and watch you. Like, you're asking people to come out and give you money and spend their time mm-hmm. watching you. So you have to give them something. Yeah. I think you have to give them something. People want to have fun so much that uh, sometimes creators, we forget that they want to have fun so much that if it's not fun, they will make fun of you. They will, like, turn you into the fun. Do you know what I mean? Like, people don't, like, remember that. Like, as a creator, you're like, they'll love it because I'm making it. It's like, fucking hopefully. Like, jeez, I hope that's how it works out. Twitch proves that theory in spades. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Like, if if you make it, they'll they'll come and enjoy it. But, like, if your audience doesn't exist, I mean, what the fuck are you going to do? But, like, thankfully, people love the isotopes. I see shirts and hats everywhere. Well, that, you know, all that says is people love isotope shirts and hats. Oh, okay. So this is a businessman right here. Uh, yeah, no, I mean the band has been around for a while, as I mentioned now, and and it's been a long time uh, building an audience. So now that we we've kind of have one, it's uh, it's nice, but it, it wasn't always there. So it's something I'm very grateful for. Yeah. And as far as yeah, shirts and hats, they're all over the place, and and that's something that I've always taken pride into is making sure that we have good merchandise for people to buy. Again, something for them yeah. to recognize us by and appreciate. I I, uh, I perceive you as a very humble person. Uh, well, I'm not, I don't think I would, that you might be one of the only few people that have described <laughs> me as humble. Um, Maybe your portrayal I, I'm just, this, this evening. I, I think I'm, I've always been pretty humble about my expectations as far as what a baseball themed pop punk band can do. <laughs> you know, like I, I mean, pop fly punk. Uh, yeah. Very good. <laughs> I know. That's an easy, slow hanging fruit. Yeah. Jesus. It, it's, it's, it's never, it's never been something where I thought you could be green day. Right. But, but you can certainly get a few of green days fans who like baseball. Yeah. So there's never been like this, this dream of mine to be <clears throat> huge. It was just about delivering uh, a product that I could stand behind and, and thought was good. Mm-hmm. And there's a huge difference. I mean, you can still be a successful band uh, and not be famous. Right. Right. So especially now with, especially, you know, now, especially now. now. So it's yeah. like, especially now that's like never existed before. I, I wouldn't say like, you know, that I'm, that I'm humble. I like, I know where this band, <laughs> I know that there's a definitely a ceiling for this band. Uh, but I, I do my best to make sure that like we, we get there. I think you could still be humble and, be realistic like i think what you're portraying yourself is realistic i think i'm optimistic optimistic yeah and and i'm humble i don't know i'm i'm kind of everything about it yeah well like let me ask this i know that the members of the band have like shifted quite a bit since founding yes um but that is like more and more popular in like uh the consistent bands that are out there like it just happens life happens uh different dynamics exist are you like calling the shots on that all the way through like like as a like on a like a pyramid style yeah yeah you mean a totalitarian type of thing yeah i didn't want to use that word i didn't want to i didn't want to be like so are you a dictator does everyone i I am a dictator i I, I dictate exactly what's going to happen yeah you you, and you seem very humble uh, (laughs) (laughs) circle back to that humble comment (laughs) Um, and, and as far as like the members go, we've had over 40, uh, through the band in, wow. since 2000, whenever I started this band, how many of bass players? Oh God, I don't know. I couldn't, I, I mean, I have these stats written down somewhere, but you know, there's See, probably, is in the, the base, is the base 
a cri- critical role in the baseball theme. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, are you, are you, are you, you know fishing I mean? like, for another pun? No, I'm just saying. Like, <laughs> I can it help seems you like out a, if you need some seems, help with that. I know. I'm just wondering. Like, is that is that a common theme you go back to? Like, with the base for baseball or anything? Yeah, shitty I, like that. Or anything weird like that? Uh, no, not not really. Okay, <laughs> that's probably for the best. <laughs> that, that tan you just got was the heat of me blushing. For that, <laughs> that was uh, that was pretty intense. Uh, well done, sir. That's forty for, uh, forty members is. It's a decent That's amount, a decent say, amount right? of people, yeah. Well, the idea behind it is, is um, like baseball, you know, the, the show must go on. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, a, it's, it's an old adage in rock and roll, and, and you don't want to let... Some bands, ha- have, some bands are absolutely uh, equal parts their members, and they couldn't ever avoid it. Like, right. some bands are just that. Um, but other bands aren't, and, and if you model it after a baseball team, it's just like... Mm. You like can't you can't let the momentum of a band die exactly. because yeah. of one person's personal conflicts. Yeah. So that's the approach that I've always taken with this band, and I've always said that I'm going to do that until I have a good reason not to, or until it doesn't work. And that's not to I say like it's not to say that I'm I do I do write all the songs and and I'm the the sole creative contributor as well mm-hmm. more or less. But I am open, and I have become more open as other guys have been in the band for a longer time. Yeah. To, to ideas and I don't I don't mean to want to run everything no. as a dictator but no but like you didn't get into this to do someone else's vision well exactly that's and, like there's nothing wrong with that yeah, yeah. And, but I'd be also crazy to turn down good ideas that come my way from the other guys yeah. right so well as a producer I've I've preached two bands in the past where uh, there's clearly a sole songwriter and someone who's like really pulling weight and then there's like a couple passengers and I just say, I'm like, I'm like, well, here's how you do it. I'm like, you just offer them splits on the record and you tell them this is their songwriting split. And I was like, once the business is out there, I'm like, it gets pretty real very quickly. Yeah. And I was like, you'll see who wants to stick around and who's like, who just wants to be a passenger. And then beyond that, I, I'm, I'm a huge supporter of like, uh, that core mentality. Like we were just talking about like roster mentality. It's like, yeah, we're going to build around your starter. We're going to build around you. And there, there are people that are like, hey, they're killers. They might be killers in other bands. Absolutely. But it's like, you want to come on this team? This is what we're going to do. We're touring Europe. We're yep. doing this. We're doing all these um, massive spots. I think this is like a good opportunity. That's what it really comes down to. Because if people, and, if, and you're working with people in a dynamic that can either get on board with that, like fall out or fall in. You're going to fall in with it. Absolutely. And I think, you know, um, <clears throat> as we've evolved as a band, so have the level of and caliber of players that we've had. And these are all guys, like I always work with guys that I've worked with uh, in, in the past in music and stuff. And we, we have to get along as friends to be in the band really. Right. And um, I've just been really lucky to have a band that is just, you know, it just has enough momentum to keep people's interest that I want to work with because all the dudes that I work with in this band have their own bands. You know, they have yeah. their own bands, they have their own projects and their own lives. And they, you know, no one's, no one's expecting these guys to make time for the isotopes, but I've just been lucky that they have been willing to because because really like without uh, without all the good players, it's just yeah, it, it started out mostly as a recording project. And without a good live band behind you, it would have to be that again. Right. But to have the guys willing to tour and stuff and the fact that we can go tour Europe and all these places yeah. now is is obviously an incentive for people. So that's a huge incentive. So because like from an outside perspective, I would think about like how that sounds like if someone calls you and says, "Hey, I'm doing this, and I want you to be involved with it. Uh, we're going to tour here, 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 and here. I need this much of your time. Let yeah. me know if you're interested." Rehearsal That's the dream week. that we all kind of got into this when we Fuck were teenagers, yeah, for, right? Like it's like, what do you want to do? Well, I just want to hit the road and play. Yeah. So now, get the opportunity to do it. So I don't want to yeah. turn it down. And that that circles back to not canceling tours or turning down opportunity because mm-hmm. a drummer's unavailable, exactly, or whatever. And to the the fullest extent of that point, I was. In 2013, I was banned from entering the United States trying to cross. Right. Now, I heard about this. With a, For five years, did you That's right. It was yeah. a five-year ban. But that night, the evening that I got banned, we had a show booked in Rochester, New York. And I was the only one who didn't get through the border. Fuck. So, Dallas Duststorm, who's been in the band since 2009 now. So, you're a drummer? He's our guitar player. Guitar. He, uh, Let me, uh... he sang that night. So the, sh- the show went on even without me, and so there's sweet. never been a member sweet. of the Isotopes who's ever played every show. Wow, 
And with that, with that being uh, that being the, yeah. the one show that I missed, so that's that. Uh, some it's a point that I'm proud of about the band. Can I just go ahead and say to Dallas, I'm sorry I called him a drummer. I didn't mean to say that. <laughs> Although drummers, it is an intense rivalry. It is he's he's got he's yeah. got some impeccable rhythm though. His <laughs> yeah, meter, his meter is unfuckwithable. Nice. God damn, nice. that's what I should have said. I should have said his rhythm is impeccable. Fuck. Anyway, let's just move the fuck on from that. But uh, that. That does show, obviously, though, like commitment level. People step up, and you know, I, I just think sometimes does it get a bit much handling? Like, are you doing all the administrative stuff too, as well? Like, like- I was to a point, but we're pretty fortunate now that we have a pretty fucking amazing team of people mm-hmm. uh, in various organizations that are helping us now. Right. So uh, we're talking about like Stomp. Stomp and- Records is our label in Canada. Right. Um, we have. Uh, had a number of uh, booking agents in Canada as well, and now we have a label in Germany called Destiny, right? And a booking agency over there as well. So they've they really just did re- the newest release, right, in April? Yeah. So 1994 World Champions, World, World Series, Series Champions. champions. <laughs> this is just coming right out of the nice. gate. Beautiful. This is like DIY as fuck. <laughs> just trying to do this. 1994 um, World Series Champions. It's our new record. Uh, it's a full-length album on Stomp Records in Canada and Destiny Records in Europe, and it's our second full-length release. That's pretty amazing being on Stomp. What was that? What was that like coming together? Like, how did that come together? It was great, man. It was at the time exactly what this band needed because I was turning thirty, and I had been doing the band for about ten years, mm-hmm. and I had been banned from the states, and basically our market for touring was Canada, which is can kill any band yeah. it's, it's hard to tour Canada it's expensive and without the United States on the table it seemed like maybe it was time to you know to, sh- to close down shut her up shut her up because I, I've never really been a fan of full-length records I don't like them and I don't think they should really I don't think they have a place anymore really? yeah in media like Give me a single, at least another single <clears throat> when you have that. one. Strongly, Seymour's a big proponent of what you're saying. I like yeah. art projects, yeah. but not full-length albums. Seem like way back in the day. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. It's a, for me, it's a singles thing, and I was never going to do one. And I always said, like, the band can't exist anymore touring Canada. I don't want to do. I've never wanted to do a full-length mm-hmm. record. So the only way that I can possibly conceive continuing devoting all my time and energy and, and money and resources into this band is if we get some help, if we get a label. And it was once Stomp approached us that it kind of buoyed the back or the band back into, uh, you know, existence for me. Mm-hmm. Um, well, cause that's like a major push. Yeah. That's it's a like, major push. That's like someone, I they're, mean, they're a big label, right? They yeah, have like, our records of like, it's distro through Warner now. It's they're, yeah, they're big boys. Great. So it's in stores. Yeah, like, and, That's what I'm trying to say. Like, like to feel the way you were feeling, and to have it completely turn around and, and that, like, hey, you know, like, there, there's, like, interest and stuff. Was that, like, how did that come together, though? Did someone, like, reach out? It was, uh, yeah, it was a combination of things. I, I, I finally realized that I was going to need a Canadian label of the, the level that Stomp was at, and there's only a couple of them. So I was knocking on a few doors, and we had worked with a publicist named Melanie Kay uh, previously, and she was instrumental in kind of uh, making an introduction and the way Stomp works is they uh, love to work with bands who have a track record of working hard for themselves, just like any yeah. successful label does. So they looked at what we did. We toured around a lot. We had a handful of releases ourselves. And the uh, the owner there, Matt, got in touch with me and just said, are you guys interested in doing a record? Damn. Yeah. And for me, that was like, hell yeah, we are a record. Fuck yeah. yeah. Was that a phone call or was it a... That was an email. An email? Yeah. An SMS a page. text. <laughs> yeah, a page. Yeah, a page. <laughs> there might have been a Facebook message involved. <clears throat> yeah. Nice. That's pretty cool. That's he pretty actually cool. found my profile on uh, on Grindr. What? He, he, <laughs> and he Fair messaged enough. me through Grindr. <laughs> that's, uh, that's good. That, that's a very progressive label right there. Yeah. That's, that's, well, they are, yeah. Yeah. That's for sure. That's pretty cool. Um, Stomp. Let's talk about the video for uh, The Legend of George Brett. Uh, first of all, I just want to say, like, I love the whole Wayne's World motif throughout. It's fucking beautiful. Thank you very much. Yeah, I. It was one of those things where, like, as it started, I was like, this kind of feels like like Wayne's World a bit. 
and then by like by the midway uh like little vignette there and i was like okay obviously this is like very homage uh yeah i mean we recreated it basically scene for scene yeah frame for frame <laughs> and we hoped that the differences in in production and set and everything wouldn't be too much to throw people and people definitely got it so no it's definitely like i think i was just slow on the bus basically but uh <laughs> no i was like halfway through it felt like just familiar in terms of i was like i was like this feels like you know, not like, uh, not negative, but I was like, oh, this is like familiar. And then I was like, oh shit, I get it. Fuck it's pretty good. Well, I've had that idea for probably as long as I've been doing this band, like wow, really? for a music video. And it was just, it never, ha- it was, there was never a right time for it. And I was like, let's do it for this one. And, uh, just because it's like, it was a huge undertaking. The production yeah. was wildly like DIY. We did it all ourselves. We had no money to do it. And, um, it was just, it was a big undertaking to do, but I really wanted to, to do it because no one had done it yet. And someone was going to come along and do that idea eventually. I, I don't know if I've ever seen anything do that. Cer- certainly not in the genre. That's no, for sure. No. Yeah. Like I mean, you guys just do it so well. Like, you know, it's. Uh, and our cast, our cast of dudes, like the band happened to just work perfectly for it. Yeah. The way it worked. It, <laughs> yeah. It all came together. The right it comes way. back to that thing we were talking earlier about being entertaining. Like it's just entertainment at the end of the day. Like, is yeah. it fun? Like, yeah. it doesn't matter if it's, like, film, TV, music, whatever the fuck, you know? I, I think um, sometimes when you look at influences like that, it kind of speaks to more of an appreciation. Is it more than just, like, Wayne's World as a comedy or something? Is it, is it more, like, is it a, a deeper influence in that? Like, do you like something else about it? What, you mean the video or yeah, Wayne's World? Like, just the why, like, yeah, like, why you had that uh, inspiration from Wayne's World. I don't know. I think, no, probably nothing consciously. It's just like that was one of those scenes that's always been with me and, and with a lot of people. You right. know, that was just one of those like, you know, cinematic you know, moments. Rhapsody. Yeah. Like, yeah. who doesn't know that scene, right? And, and that, you know, for people who are into music and rock bands and stuff, and mm-hmm. that's just such a cool scene. Like, go, go round up the guys and go to a show. Like, it's just, yeah. that's the story. Did you know that they almost didn't put that song? I did because I did a lot of research about that. Did you making yeah. the video? And they wanted to use what Guns and Roses? Yeah. I think they wanted. I think it was November Rain. Was yeah. that my right? I think so. One of those Guns and Roses songs. Could you imagine November Rain? In it wouldn't place? have worked, right? No, yeah. there, it would be like I don't even know. It would have been like uh, So I Married an Axe Murderer. Well, yeah, level of like Mike Myers. Yeah, my understanding yeah. of it was that Mike Myers was the one who pushed the uh, the Queen thing through because yeah. Queen it was kind of it was like past their day. And uh, and the the studio wanted them to go with with something popular, mm-hmm. you know. And he said, "No way." Phil like, Collins or something? No, they wanted to go oh. with Roses. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Phil <Just> Collins. <laughs> that would have been that would have been, been pretty yeah, hilarious. Actually, been like, yeah. Su- su- <laughs> yeah, that would have worked. Oh, yeah, wow. would have been good. Yeah, I loved it. Um, but so he he's one who put his foot down and said it's going to be cool. this way. So yeah. And he's goddamn Mike Myers. And he's yeah. like, fuck around. Thanks, Mike. That's some good foresight, too. It just turns like, hey, this band is pretty sweet, and it's going to continue to be sweet. Yeah. Yeah, man. Like, in a way, that kind of revitalized them in pop culture. Well, it absolutely did. I don't know who knows about Queen. They're like, you know, without that movie, they're probably a lot less popular with, with generations, way, younger generations. Right? Way less What about, popular. like, Revenge of the Nerds and stuff, though? Like, me? Well, I can tell you how I came across Queen. Okay, go ahead. That was it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, yeah, I actually, I have to second that. That's the first time I heard Queen. Yeah. And I, I didn't know the name of the song forever, but I was just like the Wayne's World song. Yeah. I was one of those kids. Highlander? Highlander? Never heard of her. Okay. Come on. Highlander. Okay. I barely know her. Okay. Oh. There's, a, there's an interesting <laughs> dynamic going on between... The two gentlemen in this room occupying this space. I sense it. I don't know if you know this, but Seamart uh, famously antagonizes people. Antagonizes <laughs> guests. No, not really. To the point that comedian Steve McGowan was on the show, like, I don't know. Hey, like, fuck Steve McGowan. Yeah, 10 months ago, and uh, started a secret fuck Steve McGowan campaign where every guest after the show, we'd have them say fuck Steve McGowan because McGowan actually canceled on us once. Twice, thrice, thrice in a row, like one week, two weeks, three weeks in a row. And I was like, oh, well, this is going to be great when you finally come back on. Because every time he he extended, I was just like, okay, we got like another five, ten people to say it or whatever. And uh, yeah, that was awesome. So if you ever want to check that shit out, it's uh, C-Mart. C-Mart invented all that shit. That was ridiculous. Uh, That being said, I have some stuff I want to ask you about. Because if you search the isotopes right now, 
a lot of people are like thinking like Springfield, Springfield isotopes. Is that the original inspiration there? Yeah, yeah, it is. At the time when I named the band, there was a trend in in punk and specifically pop punk to name your band after uh, a Simpsons reference. And we're certainly not the only band to do that. There's, there was a bunch let's, of them. Let's name a couple right now. All right, Fall Out Boy. Fall Out Boy, of course. Yeah, that's a, that's that's a the, major that's one. That's a big one. That's a major I one. I didn't even know yeah. that, to be honest. Yeah, that's crazy. I'm not I a, don't know why. I'll, I'll, I mean, I'll be candid here. I'm not a huge Simpsons fan. Like, I'm not. I didn't that's yeah, interesting. Not, that's, that's good. I'm not I'm, crazy about I'm it, though. I'm familiar yeah. with, with everything that was on when I was living at home. And that would have been, yeah. like. That's but, what I'm familiar you know, with. Yeah. But I never, like, I never sat down and watched a lot of Simpsons. Um and and so that's not why I named the band. People ask me that a lot of whether I was a fan. I'm not a fan. I yeah. was just I was jumping on the trend as a, as like a nod to the genre. Like, th- <laughs> hey, like that would be that would no, be that, a perfect cool. name for a pop punk, a baseball team pop punk band. So I said, well, we'll do that. <laughs> Other ones were Evergreen hey. Terrace. If you remember oh, that, oh, band. Yeah. another band, yeah. Evergreen Terrace, yeah, definitely. Yeah. And then there's a bunch of smaller ones uh, that uh, friends of ours that we knew and stuff like that. But um. um the oh, what the fuck were we just saying? The uh, Spring, Jesus, Simpsons band name? Simpsons. I don't know what the fuck I was about to say there. I had something. To, I had something to say there. Fuck it. Fuck it. That's a podcast for you, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Nailed it. Nailed it. Uh, well, I'm a guy that doesn't usually shut the fuck up. So if you forget point. something, I'm like, well, I guess it's over. It'll come back. We'll we'll see about that. Don't don't <laughs> put all your faith in me. Yeah, okay. <laughs> we might be disappointed. Uh, I think oh I think what I was gonna say is uh, with uh, that reference to the isotopes and that search, the baseball league that it has arisen from it is like supremely popular. I see just I don't know if it's because my feed's so local sometimes, but like I always see people posting about games. Come on down, we're taking them. We're taking it to them this Sunday at two o'clock or something like that. I'm like, what the fuck? Like I, I was like, I had no idea so many people played baseball. In, in the area well that's a surprise to us as well uh what you're referring to is east van baseball yeah league. Yep. and it's, it's a big uh, league it's a league that oh. was that was spawned by the isotopes as a band and our thing was i mean we were mostly all baseball fans to begin with and um at a certain point we just said you know let's put our money where our mouth is and play a little ball let's have a baseball game so we needed another team to play and so we put the word out to our friends, you know, just on Facebook and, yeah. you know, anybody. And it just ended up being a bunch of other people and bands and stuff that we knew. They got a team together and, and they called themselves the East Van Black Sox. <gasps> and they were our, our rivals. <laughs> Classic. And that was 2013. And that, nice. so it was about three years of just playing the Black Sox whenever we could, like, <laughs> whenever we could, like, manage to Only a pull couple off murders. One. I love this. Yeah. And oh. then, uh, and then... After about three years of that, we got sick of each other, and, and we, we had two guys from the Black Sox, two guys from the Isotopes. We sat down. We formed a board. Splinter team. Oh, yeah. For East Van Baseball, and we said, let's, uh, let's call it East Van Baseball, and let's get some more teams. Expansion oh, draft. Nice. Expansion. So we, we threw the word out there on Vancouver's Awesome. Uh, and it's a great blog. Yeah. And, um, and we had a, like a crazy reaction to it. I didn't know that there were so many people, in, basically in music, arts, and East Van, who are, you know, avid baseball fans yeah. and great players too. So we have this league now, which is like a serious hardball. It's like baseball. It's, it's not, baseball. It's not yeah, softball. Yeah. That's not, right. Yeah. It's, it's, it's been described as like little league for grownups, which is funny <laughs> because we do have like players of all ability, but everyone has a good time. It's uh, it's a beer league. Um, we don't have any rules around that. It's uh, it's a lot of fun. It's kind of a softball vibe yeah. with a baseball game. So the culture is something that's like really like you know magical. It's so it's, it's been really cool. It's fun, but it's intense. Yeah, exactly. Everyone yeah. out there is trying their hardest, which is which is fun. Amazing. Yeah, that's really cool. Now speaking about abilities being ranging in in uh, area, yourself, you played pretty well in in the past previous to music, and so moving up for how, how would you say your skills have uh, kept pace? My skills uh, have have kept pace pretty much i was a pretty serious baseball player until i was about 17 i played competitively right and um i was always a pitcher and so i've i have like what what i believe is a blown rotator cuff now so my throwing is is okay but it's not what it was you don't have the heater i I don't have the heater anymore i uh i still have uh i still have most of my my ability but and some some has actually gotten better because i've never actually taken a year off from playing baseball wow i just took one year off in like you know my mid-20s but 
since I was a kid, I've always played. I haven't missed a year, whether it was softball or whatever. So I've kept my skills Damn. up. Uh, I do love it. But that's a, that's a much more composed answer than I thought I was going to get. I, I was like, oh, oh you want like, me to? No, I can. No, no. You want me to take off the humble hat? I can be like, yeah, man, I'm yeah, fucking, fucking. I'm the shit. I'm the best. <laughs> Fuck this. What do you? Do you still play? Uh, <laughs> Pitcher? I don't pitch anymore. I, okay, I, yeah, I, yeah. I do a bit like I did last year, but I prefer not to. And there's guys on the team who are, who are really interested in pitching. What are you playing mm-hmm. this season? I play second base shortstop. Okay. I was going to say, probably a good throwing position, short throws. Of, yeah, like, shortstop was speeds. always my natural position growing up yeah. along with pitcher. Loved, but I always love shortstop. I don't it's know the why. all-star it's position. Where all the, yeah, it is. It's yeah, where it's, all the action is. <laughs> yeah. But it's a long throw for me now, and I'd, so I move over to second base, you know, I as see. short throws. When I play in, like, high school, I'd be like, yeah, I want to play shortstop. And they'd be like, you're tall. You're going to left field. And I'd be like, well, yeah, can I was, commit a bit? And they're like, no. no. <laughs> I always found it there. weird, though, like, when I played, when I was younger, like, even if you were good at the infield, if you could throw the ball any distance, even with mediocre accuracy, you were in the field. Cause they could can't, and if you just like enjoyed the game to some degree, because if you don't like baseball and you can't throw the ball very far, <laughs> you put that person in the outfield, that's just a, ru- that's just a run waiting yeah. to happen, right? Like, so it's like I wanted to play second base, third base, first base. Pick a base. Pick a place. And it's like you're, a little, you're just a little better, and so you've got to be in the outfield because all of our other people aren't. They're not good at that. I, I, okay. love, uh, I love the strategic breakdown of that, that you went through. Because I know you put thought in that. 100%. Well, they told me. Yeah. They're like, yeah, yeah, you're, yeah, yeah, you're better out there because you can save us some fucking runs. <laughs> yeah, man. They put me out there because I think they needed a scarecrow or something at the time. <laughs> I was just so gangly as a youth. Uh, yeah, it was, it was fucked up. But What's the size of the – it's like a full regulation field? It's not regulation. It's in between a youth field and regulation. So what okay. it is is... It's wondering what the pitching oh, distance and the, the running, yeah. The Little League for adults kind of comes in? Well, <laughs> I think, no, that's more like our attitude oh. um, and, 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 and range of skill. Um, sure, yeah. We play on a, on a 56-foot uh, pitching distance, and the pros play on a 60-foot six. So it's a 40-foot difference. minor? Or and like a Little League one is like 45 or something. Oh, okay. So okay. we're much closer to like right. a pro Absolutely, field, yeah. but it's, uh, it's just pretty that, sweet. Yeah. It's that's pretty... It, it's fun. Yeah. Absolutely. That's Do you ever get like a a mechanical pitcher just for fun? Like no, no. I just think that'd be hilarious. No, we're to old school, man. We're like, like <laughs> we're, we're, we stick to the you know traditional stuff. We we I would uh, imagine that would it's be... all wood bat. You know. Oh, nice. Really? Yeah. Okay. Just no aluminum. No aluminum. Wood bats. Mm. And, it is a better sound. Better sound. Better. Way feel. better sound. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Describe poetically the sound of, oh, my of a bat God. striking the raw hide of a baseball. I don't think I could do it much better than you just did. <laughs> David Attenborough stuff. I'm like, you'll now find the ball has become one with the sonic atmosphere that surrounds us. Brilliant. That was brilliant. Something like that. That was great. Jeez, I don't want to give you goosebumps. Favorite baseball movie. (laughs) Go. Yeah, please. Major League. Yes. Wow. Wow. Not even need to think about it. Color me impressed. Not even a thing. Is that the one where the guy uh, at one point? There's, this is a very niche scene, so if it's your favorite movie, you'll know it. But at one point, they're announcing a guy onto the field, and he he does a walking slide and stands back up as he's they're like announcing him on the field, <laughs> and they're calling him onto the field, and he's walking just casually walking, and then slides and then stands right back up. That. Like, that is not ringing a bell. Like not in play. Like he's not in play. They're calling. They're like coming on up, Evan October, and then like that sounds like a Willie Mays Hayes move, but I don't think that that, <laughs> that could have been in number two. Yeah, I, you I don't know. know. Maybe, okay, yeah, Maybe but uh, like I don't. Sequel. I don't. I don't know. I don't know if that's Major League. It was so shocking to me as a child. I've never forgot it. That's why I'm like, wait a minute, shocking. is this that film? Yeah, it it's was. the one. What's the one with Charlie Sheen? If you don't know Major League, it's the one with Charlie Sheen. Yeah, Charlie Sheen. I don't know if I've uh, seen it. That's a, Tom Berenger, Wesley Snipes. I gotta check it out. Corbin Burnson, and uh, it's it's like this is a major departure for Charlie Sheen at this point because he was doing like. Let's run it down. He did like Platoon. He did Platoon and Major League back to back. Back to back. Yeah, both of them were with bam, Tom Berenger. That's right. Tom oh, Berenger wow. and Charlie Sheen. We got to put yeah. those gentlemen back together. You think yeah. uh, we could come up with a screenplay that would work for those two in 2017? Do you think we have something? It'd probably uh, be 2018, considering maybe, it's June. Maybe we do Major League uh, when they stop doing them. Four, five, six. Major League six. Major League six. Uh, I think Charlie Sheen's probably out for anything right about now. And I think Tom <laughs> Berenger's dead. Holy fuck. 
This kills our whole plan. <laughs> it's going to be difficult. We need some excellent CGI and sign off from the family. That's the thing. Dude, we're going to need Tom Berenger's brother and, a, <laughs> and an excellent digital artist. Please. At least 40. At least 40 <laughs> digital artists just to do his facial hair and his head, his hair. This is a big hat. Look, this is falling apart. I don't think. Uh, Your favorite baseball movie, go. My favorite? Yeah. Sandlot. Yeah, that's got to be mine, yeah, too. Because I'm a puss, I guess, when yeah. it comes down to it. There's no real competitive. Rookie of the Year, close second. Oh, Rookie of the Year. <laughs> I'm a huge a fan of one. the Sandlot and Rookie of the Year. Yeah, yeah right? <laughs> they all have I would own... imagine you'd have to be. Well, that would be weird if at this point. Well, there's like, bad baseball movies. Oh, you're like, I don't really yeah. like Simpsons, and you're like, and I don't like baseball movies. I'm like, what the <laughs> fuck, dude? Like, <laughs> oh, I love a good baseball movie, but Major League is, is definitely yeah, the I gotta best Yeah, i got to actually check yeah. that out. Dude, Major League is fucking really good. It was really well, good. apparently, it's funny, man, and it's it's a slow burn. It's hard to get people. I make everyone that I know watch it like at least once. <laughs> Reminds me of Airplane a lot, of, actually. Cause it's of the same era. It's right? kind of yeah. wacky, right? It's like Leslie Nielsen like yeah. rhythm in terms of you know. What I, mean? I have this awesome. Well, I think it's an awesome idea. Okay. Um, Shoot, I, because Major League is from I think it's from 1984, maybe. Maybe. Okay, so maybe uh, it's slow. Look that up real quick. You, yeah, it's Good. it's a slow comedy, and it could never work in this era. It's because it's not set up, set up punchline, set up, set up punchline. Yeah. So I had this idea. I like someone. I could do it. Could edit, re-edit Major League to <laughs> to work now Does without that changing on anything. YouTube? Really, without without changing anything, just eighty nine, eighty nine. Okay. Yeah. Okay, but you're not considering the fact that. You're going to have this amazing pitch. You just did it right there, okay? Let's keep that exact pitch. And then Hollywood goes, okay, I mean, you're going to recut it. I could see that. It's an amazing property. We do own it. We've owned it for a long time. Are you okay with putting Jonah Hill in it? I'm not saying reshoot. I'm just saying re-edit the actual thing. We need a digital artist, 40 of them. (laughs) Okay, man, obviously you don't like this idea. That's all right. I think I got others. Does it not exist? (laughs) I would imagine that someone on YouTube has has done something similar to this just because it should be you. Well, you've seen those, like, the Dumb and Dumber trailer recut to be yeah. to look like, like an Oscar. Horror, like, or or not the yeah, drama yeah. one? Have you seen the horror one? <laughs> Mrs. Doubtfire, I think. Oh, that was God. Dude, Mrs. Doubtfire. That was a crazy fucking... The, the cut it's crazy as it was. Yeah. yeah. It's a weird uh, one. It doesn't need to be recut as a, as a horror film. Have you seen the Step Brothers real, the cut? No. That's a fucking weird one. That reminds me of, like, that's a throwback to, like, 80s horrors. Like, The Guy Next Door. Something like that. Like, some crazy fucking insane premise we were talking last week about how weird it is to have um like bad guys back in like 20 years ago it was like there was no motivation it was just like oh yeah he has a mustache he's a he's an evil guy you're like what like and nowadays the greatest villains are the ones that you can't tell the difference from the good guys i think major league Pitch Redux. New villain. Someone's gonna. They're gonna be like, you know what? We can't use the uh, mustachioed guy anymore. That's uh, it's prejudiced to Italians. So we're gonna. We want you to uh, come up with a villain. What kind of villain can we pitch? Who would play him? Well, the villain. Just just so we are all on the same page here. The villain in Major League is uh, the ex showgirl wife of the now past Indians GM. So that's the vil- villain. The GM of the Indians, his ex-wife, who's a showgirl, she beca- takes ownership of the team and tries to relocate. She doesn't want to. She doesn't want to live. It came out in '89. <laughs> I think it's okay. She doesn't want to live in in Cleveland, and so she wants the team to be bad enough to relocate them to Florida. So that's the her motivation. That, I like that. Even in '89, people were like, "Ah, Cleveland, we could do better." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. So, I mean, I don't know. I think in that case, they pretty much nailed the villain. Like That's a pretty good villain. Yeah. Uh, without, you know, resolving the, the end for us with uh, spoilers, <laughs> I would think we could use that type of premise, okay, in the redux. Now she's the hero. Now she could be the hero because now she actually wants to move the team to cure cancer or something. I don't know. She wants to use the proceeds for – that's how they would do it. I'm only selling the team because I have lymphoma – metastasized like crazy and I need to donate this money to cancer research. That's what they would say. But she really wants to launder Bitcoin stock through yes. the cancer research. Yes. Okay. okay. You just gave Hollywood a boner with how fucking modern that got right there. You're like, yeah, they got cryptocurrency issues in major league. Okay. Let's re- let's keep working this. 
I think but it's Stitch Coin because the stitches on the baseball. Stitch Coin. Yeah. Boom. Yeah. Moneyball was taken. We're going with Stitch <laughs> Coin. <laughs> We're going with Stitch Coin. They're like, I don't know. Moneyball got an Oscar. I think we can get one with Stitch Coin. People love baseball. We're like, okay, let's go with it. I think you could introduce Martin Sheen as some kind of evil character. And it'll bring Charlie Sheen, Martin Sheen back together. We could even put Emilio Estevez in, and that would that would bring the whole family together. Have they ever done a film? All of them in the same film? They have, they have, they have done. Should that. we Google this real quick? Do you, wait, I think you know it. I don't know it. Oh, okay. Oh, <clears throat> I don't know it. Okay. Confidence wager though. here. That's confidence. Though. Evan October believes that Emilio Estevez, Martin Sheen, and Charlie Sheen have been a, a film to date, all together at the same time. Yeah, man, I don't have know. Have they ever been on the same, like, have they been in the same scene, though? That would be... There's been, I mean, I think wasn't, uh, there's been a bunch where they've, uh, the dad, Martin Sheen and, and son, one of them have been That's right. in films. I know, wasn't he in Wall Street? Wall Street is one but, of them, uh, yeah. Boy, I, I thought I watched the movie recently with all of them in it, but I just might be making that up, because that would be a dream. I haven't seen Emilio Estevez since he was doing Flying Vs and shit. Like, I haven't seen... That was definitely the peak of his career. Like, he just... He fucking was like, I'm not going to have your last name. I'm not, I'm going to do it on my own. I'm, first of all, I'm going to pick the most incredibly Latino name. No, it's the other way around. What do you mean? Martin Sheen and Charlie Sheen, are their real last name is Estevez. And Charlie Sheen took his actor dad's fake name, screen name. What the fuck? Yeah, you're Carlos blowing, you're Estevez. My mind right now. Charlie Sheen's name is Carlos Estevez. What? Okay, let's... Okay, hold on. There's no way... A guy with a name like that was allowed to walk around with cocaine for as long as he did. There's no fucking way. I'm not sure what you mean by that. <laughs> There's no way that an El Chapo level name like that would ever be allowed to carry around that much cocaine for that many years. There's no fucking way. But he was rich. He was very rich. Yeah. Do you think he's still rich? I I doubt it. Oh, he's doing okay. He was banging porn stars like like he was changing socks. Well, yeah. This now is, he has. This is a now deep internet AIDS. search, by the way. I'm not doing it. <laughs> and now he has AIDS, ladies and gentlemen. I'm not doing it. It's too deep. What do, what do you mean? No, like that's a that's like a five to twenty minute inter- internet search to like get to the bottom of that. Oh, really? Yeah. Should I just make it up then? That's what we do on the show. I think that Evan October was correct. I think that I have no reason a, to disbelieve him. I think it was a film. I think it was called Stitchball, and it was great. It was Oscar nominated. Didn't win, but it got the nom. Isn't that what really matters? It's up there. <laughs> uh, this is already one of my fucking favorite interviews we've done in a long time. A long time. Uh, I have. I never write stuff down, but I wrote stuff down because I want to cover it with you. Can we talk about Europe real quick? Sure. What was touring Europe like most recently? Most recently, it was uh, a fairly trying experience for all of us. Uh, it was it was difficult. How many dates did you do? Uh, we did thirty in Europe, but thirty dates in Europe. But it was part of um, a double, like it was bookended by Western and Eastern Canada dates. So we ended up doing fifty shows and sixty nights, God all damn. told. So and that was with multiple lineup changes and everything. Um, Europe is typically a really fun place to tour. They treat bands really well. A lot different than they treat bands here um, in terms of hospitality and just overall. You know, being welcome, yeah, um, and treating bands like like they're worth something. It Here, helps it's when hard. You guys are rad. It well, it, yeah. it well, it certainly helps. But in Europe, they are gen, like generally very kind to to bands, all bands. Um, and this time, there was just some logistical things that weren't. Not every tour can be a home run, if you will excuse the pun. I will. Seymour uh, will not. I will. No, I will. And he will it, feel guilty if you that ex- he did If you say you excuse it, you can't also chortle into the microphone. <laughs> it's excused and appreciated and liked. So anyway, this excellent, time... this time use the chortle, by the way. Thanks. Please. This time could have been better, but um, there's always a stinker, you know, once in a while. Yeah. It's fine. Even uh, to... Let's apply a baseball analogy to this. Even, okay. even the... Uh, the best hitters, even the most Hall of Fame hitters, right? They strike out or get out seven out of ten times. Right? That's right. So yeah. you got to be, you got to be okay with a little failure to have success. So it's, it's a very humbling experience. 
And by failure, I'm like, like this is not by any stretch a failure. The no, tour was not a failure. I've seen photos from this tour. Yeah, no, it was a hell of a lot of fun. I think it, you guys did okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, you know. That's a lot of dates, though. You are a humble guy. I did. I, I made a, the right call right at the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> uh, who, who were you on tour with? Um, it was a mix of ourselves and with uh, good friends of ours, the Real Mackenzies. The Real Mackenzies, of which we were just talking off air that uh, you know my older brother because G-Tone drove, was the driver for their Western run. He did the Eastern run too? He did the Western run. Just Western, the, just yeah. Western run? He did the Western leg of, the, of, of said tour. And uh, you said you have also been driver at one point for them. Now, they're notoriously like pretty wild. Uh, I think during the western leg of this particular tour, it actually took place on St. Patrick's Day. Yes, it always Jesus does. It, it always does. I know. <laughs> it we should mention, does. if you don't know <laughs> at all, Real McKenzie's are uh, like a Celtic, uh, Celtic theme band. And, you know, it's... It's tr- it's very true to yeah, its core, yeah. So. They're, they've been around for 25 years. They're one of Canada's most legendary punk bands, and they've definitely Period. lived yeah. up to a reputation of being wild party guys. And they're probably one of the few bands that's that's uh, gone through more members than the Isotopes. <laughs> uh, I happen to be best friends with uh, their, their bass player, who plays also in the Isotopes when he has the spare time. So that's the connection nice. between us sweet. and them. Excellent. And, yeah, I got a job uh, driving the Real Mackenzies a couple years ago. Uh, on tour for two weeks, and it was uh, one of the most exciting times that I've ever had on the road. You know, it was excellent. Is there another adjective for exciting that you wanted to use? Dangerous, dangerous, <laughs> reckless, reckless, <laughs> challenging. It was yeah. all of that, but it was a learning experience. And so this year, uh, I was able to. Well, I was able to not do it, which is nice. But as you said, yeah. your brother did it, and it was interesting to see the way someone else. Uh, handle them because they do need handling. They're uh, G-Tone's an intense fella, so like I, I could only like you were you bear witness <laughs> to it, so you know. But like G-Tone's like, hey, <laughs> what you don't want to j- j- j-. the way fuck <laughs> my brother is like an intense fella. What can I say? Seymour's <laughs> just corpse. He could also word. choke you out. He could choke you out. <laughs> so he's got the, the size advantage over me. Yeah, he's yeah. more dom- like he's yeah. more dominant of a guy. So. He's choked me out before. Has he in the snow? Yeah. In the snow. Yeah. Did was you, at, dis- did was you deserve the, it? at the Rupert House, and I jumped on his neck from a, a high platform <laughs> and tried to choke him out, thinking I had the element of surprise at 3 or 4 a.m. That's like but he got to, me. He got me. Yeah, it's like trying to fight a bear, man. Like he's, <laughs> he's a big dude. Uh, so do you think he was just like commanding in a, like a, in a positive sense, like in a well, team player sense? I think to a degree... Uh, there's just this kind of un, un, unstated rule of touring where you listen to the driver, you know? That's a yeah. good That's a good idea. That I can't help but notice the bias from a you know, previous driver <laughs> saying that. But yeah, yeah, I, I, I could recognize why that might be a good idea. Um, the, the amount of touring that you did, though, you said you did 50, 50 shows. Was it exactly 50? I think it's uh, I think it's forty nine or fifty 50? or fifty one something like that. That's a that's a long time to be on the road. Mm. Um, when you started on the road, set wise, from that moment to the end of the tour, what was one of the things you noticed going into it at the end of the tour that you're like, hey, you know what this this part of the song uh, it was unexpected, like something was it good or bad? Like, do you have uh, do you have a feeling one way or another? Um, well, we did this tour with a a few different lineups, so it wasn't the exact same group from beginning to end. Mm -hmm. So we didn't have that exact ability to, to, to evolve together the way that some bands gel like that, but, um, nothing specifically, but you absolutely get better. And by the end of it, our last show was at Pooza Fest in Montreal and it was probably by crazy. Around our campfire, you know, in the van after the show, we were all like, that was the best isotope show that any of us have ever been involved with. And that was nice. unanimous. So it was good. That's badass. Yeah. yeah, it was very cool to go and do that. Uh, a great way to end a tour, you know. That's so cool. I, I think I read, like, your only band rule is that everyone has to wear a hat on stage. That's, that is, it's not the only one, but it's, it's, it's pretty, it's it's pretty important. The, that's not the important. only is that, one. Is that Prime Directive, though, like Star Trek style? That's, like, the, that's a very, the main that's the main rule. If you, if well, you what I always it. like to say is like, 
we're not reinventing the wheel musically in the band. I think we do a pretty good job of what we do do musically, but by, we're by no means um, the kind of band that that uh, is fresh and exciting. We're not like a buzz band anymore. You know, this is we, so funny to hear you say that because it's like you're doing this show, and I'm like, God, you guys are fucking rad. Rocket from Russia loves you guys. Russian Tim is like so fucking. I know he's great. So I, I'm not. Don't get me wrong. I love us too, and I really like what we do. But I, but when it comes to giving people something to remember and take home. There's a lot of other bands that 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 sound like us or like you know that we're like we're not re, we didn't create a genre you know other than baseball punk that was the one genre. you did we did but, <laughs> but but strictly musically speaking, uh, if it weren't for the base, baseball thing if it weren't for the shtick mm-hmm. of being a baseball band, we're not offering people anything they can't get anywhere else. So when someone I, I comes, recognize what you're saying. So when someone comes to me and says I, want, I don't want to wear the hat, and this has happened. <laughs> I say, well, then you can go join another fucking band. Yeah, you know, like this is what we're doing, and without that, it's it's without the little details that that we do have. Yeah, yeah, details are important. What I'm talking about, like, without those, we're we're nothing different. What? First of all, what human on this planet would look at that hat? Go ahead and show them that beautiful. hat. Well, this Mm -hmm. is an East Fan baseball. Sorry, this is like a league hat. EVB. But who would wear? Who who would not want to wear an Isotopes hat though? Well, we have some nice hats. You do. Has anyone tried to get away with like a visor or like a play on the hat as an ocean? Uh, there's been no visor talk as far as I can remember. <laughs> That's good. A visor. <laughs> That's good. Uh, no, I think everyone's uh, everyone is is very cooperative. Yeah. If they, they, there's a, probably a spectrum between stoked and uh, willing. And, and everyone <laughs> stoked and willing, yeah. you know, uh, to I, a degree, everyone falls in that. I don't think you're supposed to announce your next album title like that. that was, uh, <laughs> stoked and willing. Stoked and willing. That's fucking hilarious. Uh, that was pretty bad. That sounds like an ambulance chasing law, like law duos. Yeah. Lawyer duos. Stoked see that and on a, willing. Yeah. Call us today. 1-800-444-3333. Or like a fireplace salesman or something. They're like the defendants for like call rapists. That's <laughs> <laughs> like, have you woke up on a ping pong table again? Call stoked and willing. We're here to help. Do you have mesothelioma or whatever? The f- I can't say that. Yeah, it's not going to work if you don't know. Mesothelioma. <laughs> I think that's how you say it. Yeah. Uh, man, there's so much to fucking cover, and I feel like we're just getting started. I think we might have to wrap it up very shortly. We were also late starting. I didn't want to keep you forever here. You're the boss, man. Whatever you want to do. I am certainly not the boss. I am. Uh, I'm just a weird guy on a camera. You're right. I'm the boss. I'm getting the fuck That's out of right. here. That's right. Here we go. See, I knew you were a humble guy. I fucking knew. Um, before we go, though, okay. I figured I just want to make sure I got everything on this list. Da, 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 da. Nope. Didn't cover more than 20% of the list. Let's read the list. Here's the things we didn't cover today. Okay. Uh, I was going to get you to react to, have you been reading about this John McEnroe Serena Williams thing? I haven't been reading Love John McEnroe next. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Good answer. Good Probably answer. better than what could have happened if we actually tried that. That's good news. Uh, next one was going to be a favorite baseball moment of all time. Ooh. Of my own? Yeah. You know, it's probably creating this league, East Fan Baseball. Excellent That's answer. That's pretty cool. I would have also accepted... Joe Carter's home run. Yeah, that's everybody's, though. That's you know? everyone's. That's why I didn't accept it. <laughs> I would have also accepted uh, Heroes Live Forever, but Legends Never Die in The Sandlot. Excellent. What was the name of the kid in The Sandlot? Benny. That's right, Benny the Jet. Benny the right? Jet Rodriguez. Right, yeah. Isn't that like uh Oh, that's like a musical, isn't it? It's an Elton John song. Elton John. Benny the Jet. What the fuck? A lot of baseball permeating the music in our lives, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Uh, and I have one more here. Um, favorite C-Mart that you've ever met? Do you have Do you have a favorite? This Chris guy's Martin. name is C-Mart over yeah, here. Yeah, Chris Martin. Do you have a favorite? Chris Martin? Yeah, Chris C-Mart. Yeah. I'm fairly sure there's a player on the New York Yankees. Mm-hmm. It's a pretty common name. Or maybe also, a, an ex-player. Coldplay singer. Coldplay singer. Anyone else? My maybe? favorite producer of all time and DJ, DJ Premier, his real name is Chris Martin. Okay. People don't know that. Chris Martin. Yeah, there's no baseball player named Chris Martin as far as I can remember. But uh, There's got to be. There's minor, probably is. minor leagues. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, and you know what? I'll... I'm gonna I'm gonna leave this because I feel like I'm gonna have you back on very shortly. All right, the I mean, list has been re- been retired and completed. As far I as mean, I'm it's concerned. been uh, let's just say it's been exhausted. It's been exhausted, mm-hmm. but 
not your company, my friend. Well, well thank you very much. That? <laughs> it's been a pleasure to be here. Uh, Evan October, you're badass. I think you're rad. I've actually have been thinking this whole time. It's stupid I don't have an isotope shirt. So it's I, stupid I didn't bring one. You know, I thought maybe I should bring a shirt, and then I thought, well, what the fuck? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what to do. I don't know what the procedure is or the protocol. That's also, okay. I don't know That's your size. Point. You know, and then who That's else is going to be here? So I, I do up. apologize. However, I'm happy to get you one. Both you guys can have shirts. Wow. I have shirts. Really? I have shirts. So that would be amazing. Because if you walked in with like an extra medium, I'd be like, oh, great. And I'd be like, have to find someone who, <laughs> who well, wears exactly. extra medium. Have but we talked about when the show is? Yeah, we, we should do that. We haven't plugged the, show, plug the show at all. Rocket We're here to plug the show. That's the kind rocket. of the, the point. Right. We did play Russia. the ad at the beginning, didn't we? That's how you do it. Yeah. Okay. Oh, <laughs> I forgot uh, that we did. I was actually thinking earlier. I was that's like, right, yeah. Did we do it? We oh, did wait, We that. did do it, but we didn't. But we should let everyone know right now, and I'll pull up all the details while we say this, and maybe you can tell us all about where we can get Isotopes merch and music and video. Okay, Please. well, yeah, okay. So if you want some Isotopes t-shirts or hats that you've been hearing all so much about, you can just go to our website, which is www.isotopespunkrockbaseballclub.com. Oh, and shit. Everything is there. Uh, music is all on iTunes and stuff. If you want, you know, vinyl or CDs, if you're like sadistic, you can have. <laughs> you can go to uh, uh, physical media. Our website as well and find it there. Um, everything's online. You can find everything with just the bare minimum in search engine skills. We'll, we'll try to put a link in the uh, search for it, you fucks. That's what you want to in say. the show notes stuff. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we should let you know again. Uh, this is like. If, if you're local in Vancouver and you aren't aware of how amazing the Media Club is as a venue, you should know that it's closing. And this is, in my opinion, this is like the official, unofficial going away for a Media Club. I get it, that impression, too. I don't think yeah. much else is going to be happening there. I, I think this is easily the biggest thing they're doing. Would there. you know when they actually... Uh, I don't, but mm. I know it's... According it's to be. our man, Russian Tim, it's August 1st. So this oh, is so going to be... A, like, they can't even yeah. finish fucking summer? Those fucks? Those fucks. Jesus. No, because they want that sweet patio, whatever they're putting in there. Whatever. The they fuck. won't even be done by then. It'll be done by mid-December. Anyway, They'll have to tear the whole thing down. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, Rocket from Russia is an amazing local radio program put on by our good friend Russian Tim and he's hosting his annual Rocket from Russia festival. This year it's going to be two nights back to back at the Media Club, Friday, July 21st and uh, Saturday, Friday, or sorry, what the fuck am I saying? Saturday, Saturday Friday. Saturday, New Friday. New day. Friday, Saturday, July 21st and July 22nd. It's going to be amazing. The lineup, I'm going to just quickly ramble it off here really quick. Right at the top, Isotopes, you big idiot, the core, Contra Code, ATD, Ellesmere, Anthems, Russian Tim and the Pavel Berets, <laughs> Shockload, The Dead Hits, Skells, Anteater, and Resolve Records is going to be in the house, our homeboys and Resolve Records. Nice. Um, this is honestly like, feels like such a home game. Like, we know it will yeah, be a home almost game. Almost everyone in this A lot of these group. bands have guys from the league as well. So, I mean, right? yeah, so it's just going to be a huge party. So, if, you, uh, if you're excited. in the hood, come on down. And we're going to have ticket information um, on our uh, website, and we'll also have it uh, available in this video description. So, if you're watching this on video or you're listening to this online right now, just go ahead and just Google Rocket from Russia Festival. I guarantee you it'll pop up. And with Ice and make sure you look up Ice Stopes because our, our good friends here, uh, Evan October and the crew, these guys are fucking rad. I, I can't say enough good things about this scene. One of my favorite parts about this particular scene in Vancouver is just how tight everyone is. And the family vibe is for real. Like, it's like everyone takes care of each other. And it's good, man. You can tell the cross-pollination is a real thing. It's fucking beautiful. I it is. It. It's a nice thing to be part of. And I'm just happy to be included. Evan October, you're a gentleman. Will you come do the show again very Absolutely. soon? Absolutely. Will you bring uh, more of your, your cohorts? I can, I can, I can, I can bring them. I can't guarantee that those guys are going to say anything intelligent. <laughs> humble, this guy. Humble. <laughs> this guy. You know what? I was right. This guy's a humble guy. Yeah, <laughs> I, I knew. I knew right from the jump. I knew. Yeah. Nice. No, that's perfect though. That's good. It, it, as long as you come back. Just background. Absolutely. It's background behind you. They can just lurk. As long as it's entertaining. Just like on stage, right? Just, just some, <laughs> just, just like some background. They're not even plugged in. <laughs> the shade. That's uh, that's why the color of this room's changing right now. It's shade of this. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, if you are so inclined, uh, we'd love it if you leave us a review on the show. And uh, that's very easy to do. Just search our podcast name, Intergalactic Interviews, and you can do so 
uh, on iTunes and Stitcher and YouTube and like a million other places. We're on Google Play, I'm pretty sure. Uh, everything out there that is very easily searched. And as I said to Evan earlier, just search for it, you dumb fucks. It's easy to find. Just intergalactic interviews are the only ones out there. What can I say? Um, or, or here, here's an idea. Oh. Since you're listening to it, you probably already found it. Why don't you go tell someone who hasn't found it yet to go find it, you dumb fucks. That's right. That's right. See what? I think I'm going to have to just like sample that and just play it at the end of every show. Just, just you dumb fucks. Like that. I was like, yes. It's very, it was the right amount of supportive and uh, venomous. It was good. It was, it was, it was Tough excellent. love, man. Uh, Chris Martin, how can people follow you if they're so inclined? Uh, not only would I not, but it's not a thing. Okay. And moving on, my friends, I wanted to let you all know that I wanted to tell you about next week's guest, but I want them to show up. So I'm not going to, but I will say it is Rocket from Russia Festival linked. So I think you guys will really enjoy next week as much as you enjoyed this week. And uh, we love you all and we'll see you all next week. Yeah.